Welcome to the Bambushi Happy Hour. I am Keju Bambushi Roethlisberger. Hi, everyone, and I'm Naomi Bambushi. And this is the Bambushi Happy Hour. And this is the film and TV edition. We're a day late, but uh, it's always good to hear us, right, Ma? Absolutely. Anytime we're on, we are right on time. <laughs> so how are you? How are you, Ma? How you feeling? Um, that was hot. I'm wonderful, sweetie. Yes, it is hot. But like I said, thank heavens for air conditioning. And, and thank heavens we haven't had a blackout. We've been very fortunate. And um, it can be a very serious thing. This heat, guys, people actually have lost their lives. That is no joke. So please be very careful. Limit your time out in the direct sun and stay hydrated. Um, okay. Stay safe. We want you all to be here to yes. listen to us. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, my, I, well, it was a big box office weekend too, uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer. And we know that Barbie yeah. opened with a record second setting. I think it's 155 million and Oppenheimer made uh, 80 million, which was really good for a three hour long historical drama, rated R historical drama. Okay. All right. So, Congratulations <laughs> to all parties involved. Barbie, we know has been around for many years. Okay. Do you remember when we went to FAO Schwartz and got you Nigerian Bobby? Do you remember that? No. Uh, you were you were young. You were very small. We went to FAO Schwartz. I, I remember my Nigerian Barbie because I still have it. Yeah, that's where we. But got I don't. From. I don't remember going. Yeah, we went and we had lunch. I don't even want to mention, but we were like diagonally across from my property. Oh. Never mind. No. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. But uh, but I just when you mentioned Barbie, I just think about that. I mean, Barbie's been around many, many years. I had a bunch of Barbies. At one time I had like 27. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, because I had so many different styles and I was a big doll collector, you know. Um yeah, you, I, I think you everybody were more stuffed animal. You were more with the stuffed animals, but yeah, I remember Nigerian Barbie, which you still have. Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Good. All right, Bob. Good for All right, man. Right, so let's do like a quick toast, I guess, uh, to a good box office opening weekend for Barbie and for Oppenheimer. Okay. And we're, oh, what are we sipping on? Oh my gosh. I, you know, okay. We're sipping on 10 to one rum. Okay. Let's the five glasses to long life and prosperity, health, wealth, and happiness. And more successful box office opening weekends. Salud. Salud. Excellent. Yeah, I don't know if they even still have FAO shorts, but that's a whole nother no, no, it's gone. It's gone. Yes. At least the one in, yeah, it's gone. Let me leave it there. Yeah. I don't know if there's a counterpart. I'm not really even sure about that. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, Ma, let's get into the big movie that we went to go see, Oppenheimer. And it is starring <laughs> it's starring Killian Murphy, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, and Matt Damon. Now we all know the story. Well, we all know that Robert Oppenheimer 
was tasked with the assignment of creating the atomic bomb. So we all know that. Now, um, as far as what happened in this movie, was a little, a lot of other extra things going on. Uh, so Killian Murphy plays J. Robert Oppenheimer. Robert Downey Jr. plays uh, Louis Strauss. Emily Blunt plays uh, Oppenheimer's wife. Florence Pugh plays one of his mistresses, I, I guess. And then Matt Damon plays General Leslie Graves. So, Ma, what are your thoughts on Oppenheimer? Uh, let's just say I was somewhat underwhelmed. Okay. I really thought Killian, the lead actor playing Oppenheimer, I really thought he either was completely miscast in the role or he gave a very understated performance. I did not think he was good in the role. He was not very captivating. For him to have been a brilliant scientist and a renowned womanizer, he didn't seem to have uh, much, uh, I don't wanna use the word swag, it's been so overused, but he didn't seem to have a lot of gravitas uh, personally. And, you know, professionally, maybe, but personally, I didn't see it. I didn't see the attraction. Uh, he didn't generate your interest. He didn't, he didn't make you necessarily want to root for him. Uh, I just really didn't see him in the part. He didn't even appear to make the character interesting. And the performance was just way too subdued. I mean, he didn't have to come out screaming and hollering with a lot of histrionics and, you know, all that kind of nonsense. But he could have given such an, uh, an intense performance mm -hmm. that, you know, grabbed you. You know, he did not. He did not do it. Even the energy in the theater, and it was pretty grounded in the theater, you mm -hmm. know, the energy in the theater was very low. I just had the feeling that, you know, people were like, you know, losing interest, you know, I didn't feel any electricity, you know, from the audience members. I was completely, like I said, I was completely, I won't say I was disappointed, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it was a, a low premium for me. Um, who I thought did give outstanding performances was Robert Downey Jr. Yes, uh, Strauss. Yes. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, he was good. He was the man. And Emily Blount. Mm -hmm. And for, for, what's the name? Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh, yep. Right. I thought they gave excellent performances. Matt Damon, I thought he was mediocre. I don't care for him anyway. I thought Matt Damon was himself, but only as a general. Uh, right, only in a uniform. Right, right. right. You know, I didn't care for him. I didn't even care for the character he played. But, you know, <laughs> but as for no, all jokes aside, but as far as his acting, yeah, I thought he was very ho-hummish, very mediocre. But Robert Downey Jr., Elizabeth Blunt, and Florence Pugh, and my- oh, Emily Blunt. Uh, I'm sorry, Emily Blunt. You know what I said. I said Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh. I thought, okay. You did guys. at one point. Okay. okay. John Krasinski's wife, okay, and Florence Pugh, okay. And yes, baby, Robert Downey. Man, who's over there texting you? What's going on? I thought that they saved the movie. So that's my opinion of it. I thought it was too long, and mm -hmm. I thought Killian's, his role, his character, his performance, uh, it, no, 
Okay. I wasn't on it. Not at all. I thought it was going to be dynamite. Okay. No. Well, well, let me get in on it a little bit. Um, first off, I'm going to say that we probably are in the minority, at least based on what the critics I'm, are saying. I do not care. I experienced that movie for myself. I have no interest in somebody else's opinion. Okay. All right. Oh, wow. Ma. Okay. Well, no interest. I mean, it doesn't change my experience. Well, you I, thought it was good. Doesn't mean I enjoyed it because I did not. Well, listen, I um wasn't, I was going into the movie thinking that this is going to be one of the best movies that I've, I've seen in a long time. And I walked away with thinking that it was a decent movie, you know, more good than bad. Uh, but I would not call it a great film. Um, to me, it was kind of dense and it was like basically like a conversation between um, scientists and politicians that ran for like three hours. Um, full of, full of minutia, full right. of minutia that was of no interest to the audience at all. Right. And very uninteresting, not even funny or well presented minutia. It, yeah. just, it just was way too long. Yeah, you know, and told the same story, and they could have chopped out. It's somewhere between thirty and forty-five minutes. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think that was an issue. And you know, full disclosure, I took a little five-minute nap, and I normally I don't do that. Yeah, and I just yeah, don't. I, I did too. And, and so, thing. So, yeah, and so, uh, so that was an issue for me because I think it dragged some along somewhere in the middle. I thought. Like you said about the performances, I loved Robert Downey Jr. in this role. I loved Emily Blunt in this role. And I thought that Florence Pugh did a really good job, even though we didn't really see a lot of her in it. Um, and I think that was another thing for me. I think that um, I don't know how Oppenheimer was, what his, how he was supposed to be portrayed. But what I, what I walked away from it was with somebody who I didn't quite understand because he was a brilliant man, but yet he was very like meek and mild and, you know, and I didn't think that Wait. that was in line yeah. with, right. with the, no. what he has uh, done. That's right. right. That's right. Brilliant. Too bland. And mm. so, and so that was a problem for me. And, um, you know, I also think that I probably would need to maybe see it again to see if there's something else that I may have missed or if there was something that I didn't appreciate because it's one of those types of films that gives you, that throws a lot of uh, information and dialogue at you. And um, and I don't know, I, either either way, Ma, um, what, what, what do you give it? Where are you going with it? Um, I, you know, all right, I'm going to be magnanimous because of the several good performances that, you know, uh, you know, really just sort of held the movie together. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give it, I'll give it 6.5 premium. A premium 6.5. Okay, um, I'm not, I'm at a 7 uh, premium. Yeah. Gonna give it, I mean, I, I mean, it's a decent film to watch. Yeah. I just don't see all of the hype. I guess if you just talk about camera tricks and all of the artistry behind, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan, you know, that was great. But as far as the actual screenplay, as far as Killian's role to me, something was missing. Cinematically, was cinematically it, it certainly was not beautiful. It was mm -hmm. maybe exciting, but it was certainly nothing beautiful about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, 
I, I was somewhat disappointed, you know, uh, like they say, don't believe the hype. You know, I, I was somewhat disappointed, you know, but uh, I can live with a seven, you know, I I personally believe it's 6.5. I can understand between 6.5 and a seven, but all this superlative, you know, language they was using about how great and how masterful it was, did not see it, did not believe it. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So you're sticking with 6.5. I'm sticking with 6.5. Okay, 7. Okay. All right. Uh, so we'll let you know what we think about Barbie soon. Okay. Okay. Uh, so my here's another. We have a couple more movies. Um, this is uh called They Clone Tyrone, and it stars John Bioga, Jamie Foxx, and Tayona Paris. And so this is a, I guess, a science fiction comedy sort of mystery. And it involves three criminals, John Bayoga, who is a drug dealer who really, he never laughs and he has like a gold grill. Jamie Foxx is Slick Charles and he's a pimp who has seen his better days. And uh, we have Tiona. Broke pimp, right? Uh, right. Uh, Tiona Paris is Yo-Yo and she plays a sex worker who isn't really afraid to stand up to her quote unquote pimp. Charles, uh, what's his name? Uh, Slick Charles, Jamie Foxx. Right. So um, they end up working uh, with each other uh, when one of the characters, who I'm not going to say who, um, whose character is, we think he's dead because the audience sees that he's dead and the character sees that he's dead, but he turns up the next day and he's still alive or seemingly alive. Um, and we realize that something nefarious is going on um, and that, you know, there is a bigger conspiracy um, at play and whether it's in the fried chicken or whether it's in the, the grape drink or the perms. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on with this, Ma. What are your thoughts on They Clone Tyrone? You know what? With this movie, I was torn because on one hand, it was the funny part. You know, there was a, you know, a lot of funny parts in it, for sure. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I don't like to see movies and old, you know, especially a movie made now. I know it's supposed to be kind of retro, but I don't like movies where none of the people live in a nice house. Nobody really has nice cars. You know, it, all that kind of stuff. Listen, you say what you want to say. I'm telling you. When I go to the movies or turn on the, you know, the TV or whatever, I like to see something that's looking good somewhere in the picture. I don't care what kind of movie it is, no matter what it is, I want to see something that looks good. It could be 90%, you know, uh, you know, a dog, dank, dreary, but I want to see something somewhere in the movie that looks good. I want to see something that's bright and stylish and, and pretty or happy or whatever. Very little of that was in the clone Tyrone. Everywhere they went was cavernous and danky and, you know, guns and blood and a few laughs, a few jokes. I think they went to a club one time and that was as close to fun as the whole movie got. You know, well, actual fun. Well, my, it's supposed to be like a horror picture too I, I understand that but no you know with jen with jen was a pimp why was his apartment looking so bad why did he live in a raggedy looking hotel why did he have a nice for like what was it supposed to be like the 70s or whatever it was supposed to be what was the era that was supposed to be in that was supposed to be like what the 
40, 50 years ago, whatever it was supposed to be. I don't know when it was. But you know, you know, it wasn't supposed to be now. You know, it wasn't supposed to be contemporary. But uh, the apartment was not, nothing there was nice. Everything was just a mess. You know, everything. You know, then he was a drug dealer. He didn't even have a nice car. It just all was a mess. All the stores were broke down, busted and raggedy. Oh, wow. Nobody, uh, Jamie had a nice hairdo. They had him with a nice cool afro. Looked like he kept his hairdo up. You know, uh, I don't know, maybe the pimp clothes were okay, but they weren't even that spectacular. And, uh, and nothing. Ma, and- what about the story? Why are you talking about okay, all okay. this superficial it's stuff? Funny, because, because it was funny. And I understand that it was supposed to be scary, but it was also supposed to be mixed in. It was supposed to be the way, the way they really lived and the horror aspect to it and the comedic aspect to it. So I was all over the place with it. I thought it was different, a little bit unusual. It held my interest. Now, it was good enough that it held my interest. You know, mm-hmm. I also don't think they had great period uh, music either. It was okay, but usually those type of films have excellent music. Theirs was just like kind of okay, okay? And, uh, but but it did hold my interest. I thought the writing was good. I thought and the end kind of unraveled. The end was kind of silly. But, yeah. but I thought that overall, the writing was good. Okay. You know, you always want to know, oh, wow, what's going to happen next? Or how are they going to get out of this? Or mm-hmm. what are they going to do? Or what's going on? And who's causing this? And who's the they? And who, you know, and it was it was always where it held your interest, whatever was going on. Even if the background was raggedy, broke, impoverished looking, dark, dank, you know, whatever. Even if all that kind of stuff was going on. The, the plot, the writing, and the characters held your interest. You didn't want anything to happen to Jamie. You didn't want anything to happen to Yo-Yo. And you definitely didn't want anything to happen to the lead character. What's his name? John Boyaga? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't want anything to happen to any of them. You were kind of rooting for them. Whatever mm-hmm. was going on, you wanted them. And they were not doing the right thing. They weren't like, you know, the most boring. No, they were criminals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you, but you rooted but you, you like them. You still they were, yeah. Yeah, they were very they were very, they were very likable. They drew you in. They were very charismatic. They were very, very talented and engaging. And I thought they all did a good job. The three main characters, I thought they did smoking jobs. You know, now what do you give it? Because uh, I'm going with I'm going with 7.5. Okay. You going with 7.5. Okay. Uh it's Okay, so for me, this one is based on, based on originality, also because it's real different. The, yeah, that that's where I'm kind of like on the fence because um, I thought like all the way through the film, um, when it, when it first started off, I you know there's a couple of things that could just turn you off, and maybe they are supposed to turn you off, but then very quickly you become invested because it's different. It's completely different than anything that I've seen. Um, And I thought the acting was really good. I think the the worst part of the of the film is the ending. The ending to me was just kind of all over the place. You know, yeah, yeah, it it was, uh, you know, you really have to kind of go back. And I and I did. I actually went back and, you know, to see what did I miss? Did I miss something? 
And, you know, I got what they, what they were saying, um, but I, it would have gotten um, a much higher um, score or a rating from me um, if I loved the ending and I didn't. I think that was probably the, the biggest flaw, but I'm still going to rank it, I'm still going to rate it at an eight, a low top shelf. All right. Because I think I think, you know, it did something different than what I've seen other pitches do. It did something to me but better, a little bit better than blackening. Um, it wasn't quite on the level with get out, but it was definitely original and the acting was really good and really interesting. So um go I agree. I agree. So check it out, you know, uh they cloned Tyrone. They cloned guys. Tyrone. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. And okay. it, it, glad to see Jamie too. I mean, I know he's on the men and everything, you know, and I was just glad to see him. And he he really gave a good performance. He did. He did give a good performance. Um, but I want to shout out the other actors too. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I just think because Jamie has has been sick, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um we'll we'll talk about him in a little bit. But hey. uh let's go let, let's move on to the third film, which is a I guess a sort of like a documentary. Of, of Steph, Stephen Curry, underrated. So this is the coming of age story pretty much of Steph who was undersized and overlooked by even his father's alma mater, uh, Virginia Tech, but just many different teams because he was undersized for many, many, <laughs> many years. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just going to say my, I'll just start off with this. Um, yeah, I like Steph a lot. Um, I like the Warriors. Uh, I am a Steph fan. Uh, and I thought it was pretty good, but I didn't think it was great. Um, I thought a lot of, we don't really think of Steph anymore as um, underrated. So it was kind of hard, you know, getting into that mindset of watching something called underrated and as Steph Curry is associated with it. So that was something that was always playing in the back of my head. Um, also, you know, it wasn't really that exciting. The only thing that was the issue really was that Steph was small. Right. Nice. Other than right. that, he could always shoot. Right. And his father was a former uh, NBA right. player. Right, right. He so, had a full and total support system. Right. He didn't have a lot of these economical and sociological factors to overcome right. because he already had beat many of the stereotypes simply because he did have an intact, stable family growing up. Right. And, and like you said, and a father who already had been, you know, had laid the groundwork for him. So he really kind of was almost to the manner born. All Steph had to do was grow. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I mean, I mean, I know I'm minimizing it because he also had to be a talented ball player and want to play ball, but he really had a lot of pieces in place for him. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and so there was no big struggle. You know, mm -hmm. he wanted to play. It was all, he already was of the mindset that he wanted to play ball. Mm -hmm. And his desire, having a desire is, you know, a huge part of it, mm -hmm. you know? And so he already had the, the desire. So he developed his skill and talent and, you know, and so on and so forth. And they fed him and he grew. Look, if he didn't grow up, they was going to make sure he grew out. 
and and right. muscled up one way or another, he was going to grow up or out, you know. Mm-hmm. And luckily, he did a little bit of both, you know. And um, I, you know, you really just didn't see, you know, there was not this whole process where he had to go against all so many odds and this and that and so forth. And so it would, you know, um, that lack of drama made for, you know, a somewhat blander story than we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and then he married early. And if he had any hip hop wild days and <laughs> womanizing and this and that, they didn't show it in the movie. No. see it, you mm. know. So, uh, you know, it, it was just sort of a milk toast kind of, you know, story. And All which right. was the outcome, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, mm, stuff okay. But you know, it was nice for uh, what do you call it? After school? Do they still have after that? school special? Yeah, one of those after school specials. I don't know. The Steph Curry show, you know, rated PG after school kind of specials. It, it would fall into that category for me. So okay, so I'm gonna I'll do the rating first for for this one, Ma. Um, I'm gonna go with a premium, a six premium. It was okay. Okay. All right. What about, what about you? Yeah, I'm the, I'm gonna go with this. I'll go with a six point five. I'm right in that same category. I'm not even sure why I gave it the point five. I think I saw him dressing a couple of swanky looking suits once or twice. Well, and, you don't need to. You don't need uh, to give them extra credit for that. A person who's almost a billionaire. What? You don't need to give anybody. Okay, never mind. Not for affording the suits, but for having the gravitas to wear them. Oh, okay. 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 That's different different than we can say for a lot of players. Okay. So, all right. Okay. Okay. I mean, and that was sort of tongue in cheek, you know, but I'll go to about 6.5. That's it. And I like Steph. I really do. Me too. Me too. But his movie was sort of like him, or at least like the image he projects, which is sort of, you know, Things uh, have worked out well for him so far. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, congratulations to him. So, and not, like we said, not, and he's very likable. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a very likable person. And and his parents were, you know, there for him. Uh, he might be giving them a bit more support now, <laughs> but they certainly gave him huge support all the I, way through. Yeah. As for people who don't know, Steph's parents um, are recently divorced. Yeah. So. You know, oh, oh, the one piece, uh, the piece with his mother and everything, I thought she was a little bit much with some of the things, you know. Yeah, you know, I agree. A little yeah. bit much. But other than that, you know, not really bad or anything, but just a little bit, you know, kind of, kind of almost unbelievable. I, I thought the mother was disingenuous with some of her crap. No, I, I feel you, Ma. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so let let's move on to a couple of series. Um, this one, this series is a limited series called the Quarterback, and um, we talked about it before, but I just kind of wanted to, um, you know, finish it up because we saw the finale, and so this was of the NFL season, the twenty twenty two season, which ended actually in twenty twenty three in February, where Patrick Mahomes, we know, won the Super Bowl. Uh, we also, you know, saw Patrick and his wife and his family and him, even though he's Patrick Mahomes and universally known as the best quarterback in the league. And at this point, many people have him as top five of all times, you know, 
anyway, he um, just seemed like a regular person. He seemed like a person who loves football, who, um, you know, he drinks, he curses. He, he's a he's a man of faith. He loves his family. He seemed like a type of person that you would like to hang out with and just like to be around. Absolutely. He's a he's a big people person. Mm -hmm. absolutely he absolutely is and you know what and he seemed very connected to his family and his mm -hmm. kids you know well I don't mean that they aren't his family but I mean you know his his extended family and of course his nuclear family he mm -hmm. seemed very, that seemed very genuine to me yeah you know, the way he related to his parents his little daughter and now his baby son I I like what I saw I, me too I, I like what I saw of him very much. I liked it that he prayed and he cussed. I liked it that he drank and he, you know, and he got angry and he took responsibility. Uh, I mean, to me, he was very well-rounded. Yeah, he, he was. I'm sure he has his ups and downs like everybody else, you know. But I, I thought overall he presented as a total people person, and, you know, who loved and excelled in football, mm -hmm. you know, and was just really passionate. You saw his passion off and on the court as it related to football. And you saw it, to me, you saw his love for his team, mm -hmm. you know. And, I mean, it all just went together and you understand, you know, how he's so good at it. And you understand how he relates to his team and everything he did. That's who he is. He, he came across very genuine, you know, like they say, flaws and all. He came yeah. very genuine, and and I and I really like that. Now, when you talk about uh, Mr. Kirk Cousins, who, for whatever reason, I don't know if Kirk means. I don't think Kirk means. Uh, I think he means well. Let me just say that. However, right. he comes across as someone who is tries to be too perfect. Right. Um, and he seems like he's uptight most of the time. He had a couple things here, but he did a little the singing with Kelly Clarkson and he, you know, has those big chains. Now that's the signature, you know, when they showed him on the um on a jet, you know, with his teammates and he was doing some type of dancing and all that. We do everybody's seen that. That's you know, going viral. Right. But you know, 90% of the time or more than 90% of the time, he seems too intense like he's not really enjoying what he's doing and even though he's that intense he doesn't seem as passionate about it as you would think for someone who oh I'm studying I want you know every minute didn't know all I can think about you don't even, you really didn't seem upset that you lost and then not at all he seems like well you know it, you know, uh, well, if it's the will of the divine master, I'll get it. If I don't, I won't. You know, well, most people are saying all that and they're still praying to win and they're mm -hmm. still saying, you know, I got to put in the hard work and, uh, you know, all this. He didn't seem to have passion for it. Mm -hmm. He seemed to be just very even tempered. And to me, if I'm passionate, I'm not so even tempered. Mm -hmm. I'm not so calm, you know, mm -hmm. and um, so I did. I'm I'm like you about Kirk. Although he came across as probably a nice person, I, you know, I would be looking at him sideways, you know. Oh yeah, oh for sure. Because yeah. I want to see, I want to see some flaws. I, I didn't hear him curse once. Yeah, like, I, I hear, even Steph, my even Steph cursed in his uh, documentary, and he was taking uh, a drink. 
Well, we yeah. know Steph will drink. We've yeah, seen yeah. Steph. Well, see, well, see, yeah, you know, I don't want you to act no I'm just saying Steph didn't have a hard time coming up. I didn't say he won't do whatever, you know. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. but this, but this Kurt, Kurt Cousins, this man is almost a robot, you mm-hmm. know, and he's praying and singing in, at night to his son, good night. You know, now most people will sing, uh, will not sing. Most people will pray, have a little prayer, you know. Well, not most, some. Oh, some. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't mean most. I mean so many, you know, yeah. many people do that. But he was singing and praying, you know, like uh, opening for a church sermon, you know. And I'm like, come on, Kurt. But then again, I, I can kind of understand that a bit because I think he wants to just be a singer. <laughs> I think he wants to sing. I really do. I think he's a frustrated singer. You know, one who hasn't really been given the platform that he would like to have. Oh you gosh, know. I can't, you know. But anyhow, so but but with that, then I understand him better. You know, so uh, you're uh, funny, Matt. Yeah. And then and then finally Marcus Mariota, who unfortunately he had, you know, the worst, you know, season of the three yeah. because he got benched yeah. and he is now a backup. For the Eagles, and but and I was happy with that. I was happy he's over and you know playing well, with. Why, well, why are you happy with that? Well, I'm not happy about he's a backup, but I'm happy that he landed on a good team. That's all. Oh, oh okay, he, I got gotcha. you. But he's but he's backup. Well, I understand, but you back up to Jalen. You not back up to Kurt. Well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's uh, better. No, Jalen got a lot ahead of him. Uh-uh, Jalen is looking no, good. No, you, Ma, what I was going to say was, is sometimes it's better to be back up to someone that isn't good. Oh, I got you. So he'll be called up front to do his mm, yes. he's chance. He'll get a chance. He'll quick. get it. Right. I got you. Oh, oh. Right, right. Like, you don't yeah. want to be back up for Patrick Mahomes. You don't want to be... Thinking- well, back I'm up with Joe Burrow or thinking like if they're sick or something, you know, like an understudy. Well, you don't want them to get sick. Cause no, it, no, not that you want them to, but that sometimes it just happens. Okay. All right. But well, it is likely to happen with a Kirk Cousins, but then I don't know. He only drinks milk. He'll probably play <laughs> for a thousand years. His bones <laughs> real strong. It's calcium, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. But I I just related to that it was a good team, you know. It is a good team. That's true. So, you know. That's um, true. I, I'm glad, listen, I'm glad he landed somewhere and he still is going to, you know, be able to make money. In, and he's know. a new dad. He's a new dad. He's got this little baby, you know. Yeah. So I didn't think it was such a sad ending. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all right. Anyway, my uh, I enjoyed the quarterback. I thought it was really well done. Good, good on Peyton, and uh, you know, good on the quarterbacks for the quarterback, allowing us into their lives. Oh yeah, you don't even have to be a football fan to enjoy it. The quarterback was good, and it's telling the three different stories of three different type players at three different points in their career, and you are interested in all of them, even even Dry Kirk. You're, you're interested in seeing his story. You right. want to know what it is, you know. All right, yeah. and I give it a top shelf nine. Oh, I do too. Oh, I absolutely do too. I definitely give it top shelf eight point five. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. So let's move on to another series since we are talking about sports. Um. 
We hadn't talked a lot about it this season, but I thought we should probably talk a little bit about this episode because it was a really good episode to me, and that's Swagger. And so uh, Team Swagger. Oh, well, so that Swagger was smoking. Yeah. Yeah. Smoking. Yeah. yeah. You can go ahead. I was just going to say that they play... Um, they play a basketball game at a youth uh, detention facility, and it is a very, very uh, touching episode, and it's one of the best episodes that they've done, I feel, um, in the series. I don't know, Ma, if you wanted to, you know, add anything on to it. I'm just going to chime in and say, absolutely, it was a cautionary tale for all of the young men involved. The ages at this detention center was ages 13 to 17. And, uh, you know, Jason knows, you know, they had recently had that little episode where, you know, they were, it was found out or they, you know, it was somehow exposed, well, through many different sources that they had actually beat up that uh, child molesting coach and uh, basketball coach. And so it was a whole big thing about the criminality of it or, you know, um, so what they wanted to do, I felt, was let those guys know, you know, you can take you can take different roads. You decide what path you want to take. And one you can end up here or one you can end up in wherever else wonderful and you know and 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 wholesome and prosperous and absolutely more constructive or you can end up over here. And even within that detention center, they had different levels. You know, some people were going to stay there until they reached 18, and then they were going to be shipped to an adult facility for mm -hmm. another period of time. They had one young man like that. It was also uh, at least one young man, maybe two, at least one that used to play basketball with them. Oh, but yeah. Somehow went down the wrong path and got involved in criminal activity and were, you know, incarcerated in the juvie jail. That's yeah. what it was, you know. And, um, oh, it was just a lot. And then there was young, uh, one young man who at the most extreme, there was a, a couple that they already knew, you know, whether they played with them in school or whatever. And there was this one young man who was an excellent basketball player. They had a game and the game, you know, uh, Jason knows one by a point, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, they won by one point. And it was a very competitive game. And the one young man, it was very emotional. Anyway, they were fine. He got a little bit angry, but they were able to talk, talk him down and he was fine. And then as the story went on, he became upset about something and went through a total psychotic episode. And they ended up taking him out, you know, putting him in a straight jacket, you know, restraining him and taking him out, you know, on like a gurney kind of thing, you know, or I don't know. And that part was really heartbreaking to me because he was just a young guy. You know, like I said, all of those guys in there were between the ages of 13 and 17 years old. So that's, those are the ages, that's the demographic. And um, so it just was a lot, it just was a lot. And, you know, it ended up with Jason Knows not being charged and blah, blah, blah. So, okay, uh, I loved it. I just thought it was fabulous. I just thought the writers would- Well, I, I think- I loved it. I think one of the things is that they left on a cliffhanger is, are they going to apologize? Yeah, oh yes, They no charges will be pressed against them contingent on whether or not they apologize yeah right. it was a cliffhanger um so I, I don't know i hope it's a no-brainer 
but I don't know, they're young, you know, men and they feel a certain way because the coach was found guilty of uh, molesting the young girls he coached. Right, so right. Because now, so, so they may not want to apologize. Right. You know? Yeah. Jace uh, just tur turned 18. So he's, yeah. you know, yeah. figuring out how to be a young man, you know. Yeah. And that's all the piece of it. And it's, it's, it just really is good. I mean, they're doing great with that cast. And oh, I just love O'Shea. I think he's just doing such a good job as coach because he's there with the answers. He's there when he's scratching his head and he doesn't know the answers, but he's always in there with them doing the right thing and trying to decide what the right thing is, you know. And I also love the um, Muslim brother who is the father of, you I, know. I don't know his name. I don't, I yeah. don't know his name, but he's, he's a, an assistant coach. Right, he's coach's assistant. He's another coach. Anyway, great. It just, just really great writing. Really, really, and you know, hats off to KD because KD is involved in this too. He's the executive producer. Absolutely, absolutely. Hats off to him too because yeah. Swagger is really good. Swagger is really, really good. It's about so much more than basketball. Once again, you know, when you don't even have to be a basketball fan to fully enjoy this, you know, this whole series, you know, that speaks a lot for how good it is. Okay. Um, what Ma said. Uh, so let, let's, let's move on to um, a couple of other shows. Um, you don't have to spend too much time with this, um, but um, Hijack, we know we have two more episodes coming up after this. And um, this is a limited series, obviously. And so I, you know, I'm really enjoying Hijack, but a couple of things are starting to go, you know, health to skelter for me a little bit, even though I'm still enjoying it. Um, the whole thing this week was they wanted to land in, uh, was it Hungary? Yes. Hungary? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then, you know, and so now they're on the decline. They are officially, you know, declining. All right. Yeah. Now they, Idris found out some information where he's like, oh, my family may be harmed. My family might get hurt. And from the other hijacker, because the other hijacker's family may get killed and him as well. So right. now they're going to try to stop this woman who went through all of this to get the people to, you know, help them land yeah, in Hungary. Right, right, right. right. And so I just don't see, I don't know how they're going to get out of it. And, you know, I'm a little bit concerned that it's going all over the place, but it's still interesting, but it's just, I don't okay, know. It's so interesting to me now, because how are they going to get out of it? And how is he just going to save his family and or whomever else family that they're holding hostage? Because remember, they have a lot of information. Well, you one know. of the cleaners, right? One of the cleaners is at Idris's house, right? Yes. Yeah. So two of them. Or two of them. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of them there. And his son is, remember, they were going under the bed. We don't know where the son went. It looked like the yeah. son went under the bed. And then they looked under the bed and then, bam, you know, cut action, cut you know. Action. So, yeah. I, you know, uh, so to me, it's even more interesting now, but also more dangerous. But I'm like you. So now how, how are they going to just pivot? And what's right. the reasoning? And don't forget, these hijackers are not the most reasonable people. Right. So, you know, so how's that going to work out? So to me, it's even more intense now. Yeah, good story. Good story. Yeah, so we'll see. It's going cuckoo, but I'm still enjoying it. All well, right. Look, it's cuckoo when they just let Idris walk up and down the aisle and do what he wants to do. So, you know, we, we won't go there. 
But that's all about him being a great negotiator. Yeah, that's what it's all about. We love you, Idris. Okay. Uh, and finally, my, um, also something that just want to talk about briefly um, that we recently watched, even though it's been out since April, um, which is Jury Duty, which is a fake reality TV show. Um, and it stars mostly unrecognizable actors, except for James Mastern, who some of y'all may not know the name, but he's been in uh, Sonic that's out now, The Notebook, Enchanted, Westworld, and he even sings. Uh, and this show is seen- Didn't we say he's a member of the Marsden family? Oh, isn't he a member of that family? There's I a Marsden family? He's in Virginia, I think. I think we said he was. I think uh, we found that out somewhere along the way. There's is he? A, there's an acting family with that same last name. Yeah. Oh, I know the. I didn't know that he was related to her. To I, I, think, he, I think I think we said he he was. Uh, okay. So in other words, just saying that because some people may know of the family. You know. Period. Okay. I don't. I don't think he, that he is, ma. Oh well, maybe I'm wrong. No, Maybe. it's okay. It's fine. I, it doesn't look like he's part of that family, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong too. Okay. But it, but either way, he's been in a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, anyway, the show was seen through the eyes of a juror, uh, Ronald, I think his name is Gladden, who doesn't realize that everyone except him is an actor, even the judge. Uh, and it's just, it's really funny. Some of the scenes are kind of gross and oh, disgusting. But, but the, judge, the judge is a lawyer in real life. Yeah, and then some of the the other lawyers are lawyers that act. Act, right. Yeah. So yeah. so my, what what are your thoughts on jury duty? Do you well, recommend jury, jury duty? Jury duty is was quirky and funny and I enjoyed jury duty. A couple of scenes I could have done without because like you said, they were just a little bit too graphic for my taste, you know. Uh but for I just generally don't like body fluids, you know, uh mm -hmm. whatever they are. And so uh, that part I don't like in any film for the most part, but right. I, I thought it was really good. I really did enjoy it. I thought it was good, you know. Okay. Yeah. Me, me too. I, I, it was cute. Yeah, yeah, it was so, good. I, I give it a I give it a seven point five. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, check it out. It's just getting a lot of buzz, so we just wanted to check it out and see for ourselves if it deserved any of the buzz. So okay, yeah, pretty good. Right. Okay. Um, okay, Ma, uh, I don't know if you heard, but um, Twitter has officially rebranded re to X as opposed to the little bird. Yeah. That, that happened today. No bird logo. Yeah. 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 Elon, since Elon Musk has started with his, you know, under his leadership, things have not been going well for Twitter. What? Are, I mean, decided to rebrand it, rename it. The, and he's still, and he's re regained the richest man, or not man, the richest person in the world title again. Why? Mm -hmm. Like, what is this? It's like, it just seems like a mad king, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. I, I, I don't, I don't have anything good to say. Um, and we need to figure out uh, a way to get in, get on threads. Well, not, we need to figure out, we need to we, hurry up and yeah, get with it. Yeah, we just need to take time and do it. Right. We already have it downloaded and whatnot, so we just have to, you know, do the rest. Right? Well, no, we have to create a profile. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and my so we're gonna do a couple of um, out of pocket or on the monies, and Ready. so 
The first one is kind of funny, actually. So my, I've actually sent this to you. I don't know if you paid attention, but there's a video clip of Cam Newton. And we know all know Cam Newton, the former uh, quarterback. A fan said to Cam, how many rings you got? And said, and the Cam, you know, said none. And he said, we got the same amount. And Cam said, none, but we don't got the same bank account. And he, you know, I thought that was funny, but of course he um, started you know, gesturing like he had was holding his penis and all this other stuff. And that was a little graphic. But do you think that his general response was out of pocket or on the money to the fan? On the money. On the money. Absolutely on the money. I mean, all this, all the, you know, vulgarity and stuff or whatever he was doing, you know, might have been offensive. But as far as what he said, uh, what he said was dead on the money, drop the mic. Okay, because you will not relegate my whole career and all I gave and my level of skill and professionalism to being the same as you. No, not gonna happen. A whole lot of people have been excellent and didn't get a ring, and a whole lot of people have been mediocre and worse and received rings because they were just part of a, a team who was fortunate enough to win rings. And we know many people like that, not just Cam, plenty of them. So no, Cam, let them know. Oh no, baby. And our bank account shouldn't look the same. All right. Dedicated years and had much skill, you know, and dedicated years. No, you will not disrespect my accomplishments. Right. And my talent. There you go. So Cam was dead on. Yeah, I like that. I like he said like he said that. Now this is a little bit different, and I'm a little bit concerned. Um Miss Doja Cat uh, took to Twitter or Instagram or wherever she was to kind of insult her fans. So she said to her fans, um, you know, because some people have been calling her by her government name. Her first first name is Amala. Um, You're making my government name. Your screen name is creepy as F, she said. Um, She followed up the message to the fans to delete their social media accounts if they continue to use her full name. She also had a problem with fans who called themselves kittens, a term that she made up as an alcoholic teen. She says, my fans don't get to name themselves shit. She says, if you call yourself a kitten or kittens, that means you need to get off your phone and get a job and help your parents with the house. So um, what are your thoughts on these recent tweets? And I don't know what that last thing meant. Is she saying they're lazy? They're irresponsible? She was the one she helped her parents? I mean, what is she saying with that? I don't know what that means. Get off the phone and go, or whatever. Get off the internet and go help your parents. What does that mean? I, well, it was out of pocket. Uh, don't know what's going on with Doja. Um, Doja is very talented, but there may be some other things going on that... <laughs> Let me tell you something. Very strange. Well, you know, I knew if it was true, and I think it really was true, when Doja at one point had, you know, admired somebody or wanted to talk to some young man and Mm -hmm. she had to have a go-between and all this nonsense, I knew then she was silly. Mm -hmm. I knew then she was immature. Look, even if I'm not Doja Cat, I'm grown enough to like you. What what am I, in the sixth grade? She was a grown woman. Why do I need a go-between? And then she got mad because the person exposed it because the person said something about it. 
But right. you put it out there. You put right. yourself in that, didn't you know? That's one good reason not to put it out there. If you feel you're going to be sensitive to rejection, if that's what you thought might happen. I don't even know that she thought that might happen because the whole thing was just silly. You're right. You know, if she liked somebody and she wanted to talk to them and, you know, this or that, then it was nothing for her to do but arrange it. What was well, the problem? Listen, at the time, and I think at the time, the it was the guy from Stranger Things. It was two yeah. guys from Stranger Things. It was one that was like the main guy who at the time was 17. Right. That wasn't who she liked. Yeah. He, he was her go-between. Got it. You know. And Doja is, I think, like 27, you know, so she knows better. Than She's listen, a grown behind woman. The whole thing was ridiculous. If you thought, I don't know if she thought it was anything about, uh, was he underage? I mean, No, I, he was older than her. He's about okay. 20, 29. He was a grown okay. man. Okay, so, you know, I mean, the whole thing was ridiculous, but, but. This is the thing right now. If she's going to go down that path thinking she's going to tell people how to behave, you know, then then she's in for a rude awakening. Then she's even more foolish than I thought she was. Because that yeah. just ain't going to work, period. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You can suggest, you can ask kindly, kindly, you know, and that's it. Okay, but as far as you criticizing and dogging out your fans and making all these, you know, negative comments and this and that, you know, no, no, don't you? No, you're going down the wrong path with that. You're going down the wrong path. Oh, I agree. I'm with you 100 percent on that, Ma. Yeah. So well, yeah. out of out of pocket and Doja, I hope everything is okay with you. Because you know, right a lot here. of things are out of pocket lately. Okay. Um Oh, Ma. Okay, here's a, a update. You mentioned Jamie. So you know that oh, Jamie yeah. released a video. Did you see his video? That I he released? didn't see the video, but I had heard about it. Okay. He And he said, you know, I know a lot of people were waiting, you know, wanting to hear updates. But to, but to be honest with you, I just didn't want you to see me with tubes running out of me and trying to figure out if I was going to make it through. You know, he also right. said that he's able to work again. He said some people said I was blind, but as you can see, these eyes are working. These eyes are working just fine. Um, and he says he was not paralyzed, but I did go through. I went to hell and back. And so that is out of Jamie's mouth. So well, glad, I'm glad to see him. Back. I'm glad, I'm glad he's, he's back. back. Yeah. Back. He's still not saying what was wrong with him or what happened to him and how he can prevent it uh, from happening again or mm -hmm. if it was anything he even had any control over. Um, let's hope that uh, it's something that can be managed or if not totally cured, you know, and, um, and good. I'm just glad that he's okay. I'm glad he's, you know, on the mend. You know, I'm glad he's on the men or totally recovered, whatever the case is. He's doing well. And I saw the photos of him. I didn't see the, this video, but I saw the photos of him when he was on the boat and, mm -hmm. and that. And, and he looked good. He looked really well. You know, mm -hmm. so Jamie, um, good. You know, good. That's all I can say. Good. Yeah. You know, sending positive vibes to Jamie and his whole family. So yeah. absolutely. Um, and on another uh, happy note, Ma, uh, reportedly, uh, Tom Brady is dating Irina Shack. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing her name correctly, but you know her. She uh, used to date Cristiano Ronaldo, and she has a child with Bradley Cooper. 
Um, and she's now dating Tom oh, Brady. There's pictures of them together. Now, listen, there's pictures okay. of them in a car together. He has his arm around her. Now, if he's not dating her, he's doing something, well, whatever you want to call it. Good for him. You know, good for him. You know, look. Uh, she's a model. Uh, good for you know what? For all the people on the planet I'm worried about, Tom Brady's not one of them. Do you so, remember her about? I don't know. Come on. Don't waste the, everybody's time with that. Who, who know her from a million other people? Well, if she was... Me, go ahead. If you showed me a picture, I might remember her. Yeah. I don't remember her by name. Yeah, she was... When she was with Bradley Cooper, remember they had a little disagreement at Wimbledon and they showed it and oh they were making a big no. deal about no. it? It's not anything that I paid attention to or anything. No. Okay, I did I the best I could. With his cute self, I remember him. He's very cute. She's nice looking too. She's pretty, pretty young uh, woman. Yeah, well, that's um, I don't know about so young anymore, but she's pretty. Yeah. Okay, she's she's young enough. She's young as she needs to be. No, I know. I'm just playing. Uh, you know, okay. like I said, of all the people I'm worrying about, and you know, Tom Brady ain't one. Yeah, I feel you on that, Ma. You're right. And all right, Tom. Tom's all right. He's okay. But you know he's good. Ma, we, we have uh, one more segment, and it is called Naomi Knows Best. We haven't done it in a while. Oh, boy. Okay, okay. let's go. All right. Dear Naomi, I was dating a man who was very attentive, sexy, smart, and too good to be true. We dated for about three months. We spoke almost every day on the phone, and I'm not a phone person. He took me out at least at least two or three times a week. He bought me flowers, candy, fruit baskets, gave me massages, and showered me with attention, telling me constantly how beautiful I was and how lucky he was to be with me. Then one day, he cut all of it off, all communication. He stopped returning uh, my calls, my text messages, nothing for over a month. Then he popped up out of the blue right at my front door a little over a week ago and he behaved as though nothing happened. I told him how angry I was, how I felt that he was a piece of shit for ghosting me and he said I ghosted him. He denied disappearing and said if he ghosted me, he wouldn't be here. I, uh, I purposely didn't respond to any of his uh, messages or reach out to him for the next three days. Then eventually I reached out to him and I got a text message that said wrong number. Naomi, what am I doing? Why is it that I keep getting ghost lit? How do I avoid running into a ghost lighter? And my, do you know what a ghost lighter is? I'm going to say it's somebody who keeps disappearing. Well, it's, yes, it's a combination between ghosting and gas, gaslighter. Yes, um, yes, so yes. You I disappear, guess. you know, somebody that's gaslighting you, you know, they use like a manipulation, um, ex, you know, and have excessive affection. And then it's followed by ghosting and then they reappear and act like nothing ever happened. Okay. So let me say this. So right now he's gone again, right? He's not answering things. <laughs> yes, that's what it appears. Yes. Okay. After my, okay, two things are going on. 
I don't know if she hasn't figured out. He's either in, went to jail or has another family, okay? So it's either or, or maybe even both, okay? Mm-hmm. And so it's either one of those, and, and, you know, she doesn't need anything else to tell her that. Okay, that's number one. And number two, you cannot avoid being ghosted for one episode because you're meeting the person and you don't know how it's going to go. There's no telltale signs where you can just walk up to a person and look at him and say, oh, this man is going to ghost me. Okay. You have to actually start to have the experience before you know what's happening. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise we'd all avoid it. However, you can avoid it happening with the same person. Okay. And you can take some significant hints that you get about what your relationship was like with the first person that ghosted you. Right. Did you go to his home? Did you meet his friends? Did you meet his families? Did you know anything about his employment? I mean, how deeply involved were you in it that you can get totally ghosted? Now, he can break up with you, but what you mean ghosted? He disappeared? Did he purpose? Is he off the planet? Now, now, if that's the case, you are truly ghosted. But you're not running into many people doing that. What you're running into is people who just went on and did what the hell they wanted to do and ignored you. Okay. Well, isn't that ghosting? Like, if, well, if somebody doesn't... Well, the way not. he use this term ghosted is like they really disappeared. They don't know where the man went. Ooh, well, don't. You don't know this man just don't want to be bothered with you for a minute because he over there doing something else? You know that. He didn't really turn into no damn ghost, okay? Your dumb ass just ain't accepting the fact that this man is over with his other family or, or skatey eight other families or whatever. I don't even like that term ghosted because there's some people who are genuinely ghosted and they dealing with criminals. If you're talking about getting ghosted, you're dealing with somebody who is purposely making an effort to be evasive and you just can't find them. And if you cannot find somebody, they're making efforts and going through stuff for you not to be able to find them. And that's different. But if it's somebody you don't know, their friends, their family, their job, where they live, where they was born, where they went to school, nothing about their employment, you don't know nothing about it. That's just somebody you didn't know who now cut you off because they don't want to be bothered. Well, you know what? You know what? It's really and that's funny. Not doing well, your homework. But they, it's they, not just ghosted, mother. She's yeah. saying gas. What is she saying? Yeah. Ghost, oh, yeah. yeah, that's your intellect. That's your intellect because see, nobody can tell me what the hell I saw. All right. You ain't going to listen. It ain't going to be urine dropping in my face and you telling me it's rain. Okay. I'm going to feel that if I'm being shat upon, I think I would know the difference. You ain't going to tell me it's chocolate candy, okay? I'm going to know the difference, all right? You know this about you was gaslit. You was just being a dumbass once again, okay? And listen, it's not that we all can't be foolish sometimes, but you just going to go act like you don't see when this man tells you, oh, I can't meet up with you because my fingernail hurts. Oh, they, oh, I can't meet up with you because I got to go wash my hair and the damn man is bald-headed. <laughs> you know, or something like this. When people are telling you obvious, ridiculous lies, don't say, you gaslit me. You was being foolish. Nobody gaslit you. What you mean gaslit? They just lied and you accepted it. 
because yeah. you like the man and you just wanted to deal with him. Okay, you but know, my, but okay, but it's a little bit. But what I was trying to say, like ghosts lit and gaslight are a little bit different because I understand one has the element of purposely lying and duping you into mm -hmm. things that could appear to be true. Right. But let me tell you something. But if my whole experience with you is that you're a combination of both of those things, mm -hmm. why is nothing dawning in my head? You know, a lot of people, they know those men are lying and cheating and doing everything else, but they just say they just overlook it because they like the man. Well, oh no! There's well, a reward to being foolish. Well, so they foolish. I, I, what I think that I, I really do like your point in there somewhere where you were just saying that pretty much okay. It, people are just making up a term to describe, unfortunately, how some relationships go. Where a person just and, and, doesn't and, and, want to deal with you. He's out. He's he or she is out. Right, right. It's often or it's often and listen, and here's the thing about it. When the ghost reappears, you could say, Okay, I embrace you, or you could say, I don't want no ghost in my life. Okay. Right. I'm a damn ghost buster. Okay. Right. I don't want no ghost in my life. And it's just that plain and simple. Right. So for this young lady, you know, and now the man is missing again, that's on you. He can go back and forth for years if that's how you want it to go. Yeah, yeah. and they, they will. Right, and I went with so-and-so off and on for years. What off and on? Yeah, he was off, but you were off. You know? Or were you, now, if you're both off and on, no need for this letter. You're right. Because it's all good. Because you're going to do your thing and meet somebody who you won't be off and on with at some point. So if you're both off and on, Gucci. You're both off and on, we fine. But this off and on where only one is off and the other one is on all the time, then that's you. That's you. That's the choice that you're making to spend your life and your time. I agree. And, I, and what I would say is, I would advise you to not sit around worrying about for the return of the ghost. Okay. Yeah. I, I would advise you to use your energies and go find you somebody who is not a ghost. And don't forget, most ghosts are transparent. You should be able to see through that. Okay. Oh, I like that, ma. That was that was really good advice, ma. All right, but I need you to tell me three things that made you smile. Sun, stars, the moon, air conditioning, and wonderful cocktails. Okay, uh, number one for me, so uh, this is kind of weird. A Saudi, a Saudi Arabian club is offering to bring Mbappe over for a one-year deal not worth $1.1 billion. So that's $332 ahead, young man. to transfer him and $776 million salary. One year. One year. That's a whole year. What do you mean? One year. One that's year. a long time. They didn't that's give us anything time. like that, Ma. They didn't give us anything like that for the podcast, but I'll leave that alone. Okay. Uh, number two, congratulations again to Barbie and Oppenheimer for breaking records at the box office, especially at the time when, you know, showing the people that they really need to have their sad people. We need to have him of. on the show. Let, let's contact him. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, I have it. I have it. I have it. Yeah. Let me. Yeah, All okay. Right. All right. And then finally, training camp. The NFL training camp is coming. It's underway. Woo! Football yeah, time. yeah, 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 yeah. Can't wait to see what the season is going to look like. Good luck to all the guys. Good luck to everyone. 
All right, Ma, is there anything that you want to say before we go? Because yes. we talked a lot on this episode. Yes, there is something that I want to say. Everyone, please, I know I said it before. Sometimes I say it jokingly. Sometimes I say it in, in a much more serious manner. And I'm saying it with all the sincerity that I can come up with. Two things. Stay woke and stay hydrated. Okay? Those two things are critical at this time. We are experiencing global warming. We are having some of the highest temperatures that we have ever experienced on planet Earth. Okay? Not a joke, guys. Not a joke. Okay? Okay. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Like Ma said, of course, uh, I did all what she said, echo what she says. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Bambushi Happy Hour. Follow us on, well, I didn't want to say Twitter, but still on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, and soon on Threads. Um, guys, subscribe to our YouTube channel, All Things Peju, home of the Bambushi Happy Hour. Send us your emails, info at bambushihappyhour.com, and we uh, read all the DMs that we get. We love them. Um, guys, be safe, and like Ma said, be cool and stay hydrated, and we will talk to you soon. Bye! Bye. Thank you.